Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you believe in miracles? We got Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what what's up, good, Fizzle? man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmon Podcast. Glad you here today. That Patreon link if you hit a stay. Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade show, let's make a trade today or check the AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building, he gon' stay with him. They gon' start every show off with their own trade. Fantasy's a big ocean, they made their own wave. Make sure you tap in there Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesday night, Saturday morning, ain't no better way. Notification bell when the news break. Go subscribe right now. Don't get the news late. Destination Devi, that's the team. Dynasty football, man, that's my favorite thing. I remember Biggie said it was all a dream. Now people watching on their phones and computer screens. Welcome to the team. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you so much for hitting play on this episode. Really appreciate you. We have another banger. It is episode 75, and if you've been with us for a while, you know exactly what that means. Every 25 episodes, we get the GOAT, the Godfather, the one who put this all together, Mr. Ray G on. But before I bring him in, let me slide on over like I'm... I'm Chris Collinsworth here, and you're my you're my Al Michaels, Adam. How you doing, buddy? How you doing tonight? <laughs> oh man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm ready for episode 75. Every 25, we get the goat. So, without further ado, Dynasty Degenerates, let's bring in the goat. Let's talk to Ray GQ. What's going on, Ray? How are you, man? Man, every time I come on with y'all or anybody, because I do not do a lot of guest podcasts anymore, I feel older and older and older all this goat and godfather it's like i'm um it's like i'm like uh the old uh like jay-z era rap and y'all are like fucking nba young boy and like all the new school guys i don't even uzi vert like i'm the old guy here but um 75 episodes man kudos to y'all um every time i come on i say i just told y'all from day one just focus on putting out next week's episode and, and being consistent and um I think you guys have not only done that, but you've exceeded it. So uh, 
it's really fun to be on. So appreciate you uh, having me on your show. Absolutely, man. The blueprint, Jay Z. You know. Oh man, like I got that one. I didn't know the other one, so that he said I had no idea who those people were. That's us. Sorry. That's us, Mike. In case you didn't, okay. like, like we're a little, we're, we're a little Uzi vert, you know the. Yeah, you're you're uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're under house house arrest over there, NBA young boy. That's what the young kids like today. Well, you you know what I'm listening to anyway. It's Fizzle Dollars just dropped his Fizzle. new album, so that thing's Fizzle. on repeat. Yes, <laughs> that is on repeat. That's our guy. Fizzle. Oh, Ray, it's not you. You shouldn't feel older, but whatever the hell that you saw in us way back when. Whenever we were just doing a podcast for 10 people on Patreon, most of them like our wives. Uh, I think my kid was subscribed at one point. But whatever whatever that you saw was incredible. And it's still a mystery to me. Adam, we did – this is episode 75 of 4D. We got all kinds of stuff going on. We got a website. We got a YouTube. We got a, our Discord itself is a, is a madhouse. Last night's AMA that we're doing – they were like, you guys are wild. And I'm like, it isn't even me. I'm feeding off the chat of what's going on here. I have no idea why the hell people listen to us, but uh, props to you for identifying talent, even though I don't think I have any. <laughs> just, uh, just a fat bearded dude with a beard not as long as it used to be who, who likes to talk dynasty football. So big thanks to you for uh, for whatever you did, man. Whatever you, you saw in us, putting us on. It's been an incredible ride. And I look forward to it uh, every year when you get to come on the couple of times when we hit those magical 25 numbers and then especially Fantasy Football Expo where we get to all chop it up. Say what's up, uh, have a few uh, adult beverages and, <laughs> and have some laughs. So I just got done recording a podcast with Ike and Gene. Same thing, man. We've made uh, some lifelong friends for forever. So what you built at Destination Debbie is incredible. And getting to do a podcast for you every single week is an honor. Uh, well said. Well said. Um, I, honestly, you know, Mike. With, with that being said, I, I don't think we are necessarily the most talented, but people listen to us and they they like the show. So, Dynasty Degenerates, we're going to get into a topic that Mike kind of, oh boy. you know, brought up. Um, and I'll say this: it, it, it's a very polarizing topic. But I think if you tune into this show by now, it's it's mostly the strategy um, that we talk about that is. Uh, something that is exciting for people and they can apply to their leagues. So the reason I want to bring that up, Mike, is because you want to get into the weeds and the current news of a tweet from, you know, Adam Schefter and your guy, Trey Lance. So Mike, why don't you kick it off? And then I'm, I'm curious to hear Ray's take and how we can yeah. evolve this in our fantasy teams and also probably apply it to the position as a whole. So uh, Schefter, Schefter went on the Pat McAfee show. Did a nice little interview, which is an awesome show, by the way. <laughs> Talk about talent. They uh, they they struck gold with that one as well. But he was talking about Trey Lance today and uh, said that the 49ers hadn't uh, didn't get any trade interest for for Trey Lance. They haven't had trade discussions about Trey Lance. And this is where like where I really stopped and watched it a few times because I wanted to know the exact wording of what he said. Right. It wasn't according to my sources or according to people I'm talking to. He said, I believe that the 49ers want Brock Purdy to be QB one. They want him to start week one. And I believe that if they go into camp, Purdy's the one, Sam Darnold's the two, which then, you know, if anybody who can count to three would then go, where's Trey Lance? QB three. 
For what it's and, worth, I, I talked to a 49er um, not all that long ago that kind of confirmed that you did. the locker room big time. A very, big time very, very around Brock Purdy, uh, Eric Armstead. But, yeah. yeah. Not only big time as in, you know, big time 49er, but actually a giant human being. <laughs> yeah, like like I'm 6'4", and I'm looking up into the ceiling at right. uh, Eric Armstead. Let's put right. it like you're, that. You're a big, tall dude. He's he's even huger. <laughs> I don't think that's a word. Yeah, but it's, that's, not, it's not a word. That's why, that's why we let Ray do the talking, you know, huger. So when I saw it, like uh, Twitter, of course, Twitter does what Twitter does in, in June. Twitter takes it and runs with it. If you've already hated Trey Lance, uh, you're, you're reposting it and going, see, I told you. If you are a staunch Trey Lance defender like me, you just got to eat shit on your face. Or you put out some like hateful response about how this doesn't mean anything. But I thought it was interesting. The fact when he said, though, that no teams had called about Trey Lance. That was probably pretty telling. And it seems very strange for a quarterback who us in the dynasty space specifically and us who are really looking at football with a passion have always identified that Trey Lance probably has a ridiculous ceiling and he has extreme amounts of talent. Now, we've never been able to see it at the NFL level. Like We've had three and a half games, four games, if you want to say that, of Trey Lance. It's all just been on... Man, that one year he had in college was super elite. Yeah, but it was at an FCS school. And then the other side goes, yeah, but can you get any better at an FCS school than North Dakota State? Like that is the Alabama of FCS at this point. We see some highlights and we we lose our minds about how good it was. Last year, that's a guy who's approaching – end of the first round dynasty startup pick, if not the 201-202 at worst. And we still are just left wondering. Now, this year, much different. People are off of him. People really like Brock Purdy. So something like this comes out again, and it's like, what do you do as a dynasty manager to kind of navigate it? Because you're going to have some people out there who are staunchly for Trey Lance, guilty as charged. Like, I will be the one arguing the Trey Lance side all the time. You're going to have some people out there who really like what they saw from Brock Purdy and truly believe that Brock Purdy is the number one quarterback there. How is a dynasty manager, if you're one of those guys who doesn't really have an opinion one way or the other, how do you manage this? So, Adam, you, are you on the Trey Lance side? Are you on the Brock Purdy side? Are you in the middle? Do you not really care? Are you just trying to mitigate risk? Like, what are you doing with your Trey Lance or not Trey Lance shares? I mean, I think the question is convoluted, and I, my answer to this, and I'll, I'll give you guys, you know, speaking of Ray giving us a shot, last year, I, I would call us green. I think we're still pretty green, but one thing I learned last year is when you go individual player takes, and you're looking at a downward trending stock on a player, so basically what that tells you, because the dynasty values of players in the market is what the community thinks of someone, right? So if... For example, let's talk about like Cam Akers. I know it's a different position, but Cam Akers and uh, Antonio Gibson last year. We were staunch defenders, you know, that we believe in the talent, we believe in the player, but they're downward trending assets in startup ADP values, all that. And you think about what Trey Lance is and, and this type of a news thing that hits. And the answer for me, Mike, is like I, I, I like Trey Lance, the talent, quite a bit. I've been overexposed. I've been lucky enough to get off of some shares before it got basement, but now we're basically looking at to think about how far it's come in a year. Jordan Love this time last year 
was a throw-in asset. All right, like he was a throw-in to a deal to maybe get something done at best. Now you're looking at Trey Lance, who this time last year everybody is sky high on. They're getting rid of Jimmy G, right? They ended up bringing him back, but on a deal where he clearly was the backup. You look at in a year from now, Jordan Love is actually now going ahead of Trey Lance in ADP. And this is before this news cycle is going to affect ADP, right? So when I, the reason I bring that up, you, you can love Trey Lance, you can hate Trey Lance. I don't really care what your feelings are on him, but you have to take this type of information in consideration for market. So for me, Mike, the Trey Lance shares I have, like I know I'm probably stuck with right now because there's, you're not getting off of them unless you can find a truther in your league. Like if I can find a Mike in my league, I'm going to have a very hard time getting off of Trey Lance. I'm not out on Trey Lance completely. Like I still believe even if teams haven't come calling that another team will give him a shot. Um, But I'll say this, like this right here, this type of news cycle, this type of uh, discussion we've seen all off season. If you're not in on, on Brock Purdy, and you play in a portfolio, you got to ask yourself, am I really going to fade this guy to oblivion? Like, even if you don't believe, right? Mike, and I know we've we've talked about this in the trade shows for you. Like, you've traded a lot of Brock Purdy, probably all of it. Like, let's say we're wrong for a second on Trey Lance. Brock Purdy's the starter in, in San Francisco. We know it's friendly enough where he's going to be very valuable, at least for points per game. Maybe not like dynasty market, but that that for me at least tells me you, you got to have to at least try to mitigate some risk and take some Purdy shares if you can. And that, that that's why in a portfolio for me in a situation like this, I try to get some shares of Lance, some shares of Purdy. And there's some teams where I have both and I don't really like the handcuff, but I don't necessarily view it as a handcuff because I think Trey Lance could leave and go somewhere else. And Brock Purdy could also be the starter for San Francisco. So like that, that's kind of my overall view on this particular situation. But Let's bring in the goat, man. What what does Ray think about the situation, and and what about the thoughts in general we talked about here? Yeah, and I appreciate Mike going back and listening to Schefter and the report. And I believe are as his opinion, man. It's not like let's let's just start with that, right? Because I had not seen that news. And I didn't hear about it until I, about 5 p.m. when I was on my way home in our in our Heisman Discord. And because did you hear about Trey Lance saying that he was third on the depth chart? So I didn't have any of that context. It was sort of pieced together. Um, but the part about not receiving any trade interest, I do agree with you, Mike, that that is probably the most damning part of that. Because essentially, I mean, he he. It's Schefter. Okay. Okay. I, I believe this. I believe that, right? Like, you. I don't care how you slice it, how much insider. That was his damn opinion. That was not a fact. It wasn't a source. I, I think the I think the real thing is you guys are offering a solution right now, what to do. And I really want to focus in on how we got here and how to avoid this or how to pivot in such a way that you, you mitigate some of the risk without just full full on fire selling because I was the biggest Trey Lance. I the, You can ask anybody in my Heisman Discord. I said if there was a quarterback that had the potential to crack top five in 2022, it's Trey Lance. His athletic ability in the Kyle Shanahan offense, 
I firmly believed that he was of the caliber, and I drafted him accordingly. I had him everywhere. I mean, there were there were some spots where I was counting on him to hopefully step up and be that QB1. But he got hurt, okay? And when he got hurt, the people who came in and replaced him, and this is this is the reality that we must come to grips with with this offense in particular, it is good. Kyle Shanahan does a phenomenal job at putting his quarterbacks in positions to be successful. Over the last three years, if you look at EPA per dropback, so expected points added, this is which quarterbacks are legitimately helping their team win games, right? Some common themes are inside the top 25. And some names you may not think, you may not even come to think of, but Patrick Mahomes over the last three years is top 25 in EPA per dropback. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a couple of multiple appearances um, inside that top 25. Ryan Tannehill is inside that top 25. Um, but there aren't as many of these quote-unquote elite quarterbacks as you would think. But the combination of Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy over the last three years are top 25 in EPA per dropback. And in 2022, in limited duty, Jimmy Garoppolo of over the sample size of the last three years was top 11. Brock Purdy was top 14 ahead of Joe Burrow in 2021, ahead of Jared Goff last year. So even Casey Beathard, and he shouldn't even be in this subset, but I did a minimum of 100 dropbacks. <laughs> even he was in here, right? Hey, man, don't do not don't, don't do my man C.J. Beathard wrong, yeah, man. University yeah, uh, of Iowa, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> don't call him Casey, come on. It's, it's, it's Iowa man. State now. It's Iowa State now. The, the, the point oh, I'm making is on. this offensive scheme is very yes. good for quarterbacks, and it doesn't seem to matter who's back there, right? So insert the season. Trey Lance is the starter. Trey Lance gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. He, he steadies the ship. He gets hurt, and then Mr. Irrelevant comes in. And uh, yes, I, I can go through some throws where Trayvon Diggs should have picked him off, but I can also show you some incredible escapes where Brandon Ayuk smokes one in the back of the end zone. Horrible, the reality, horrible. The, the reality of this situation, in my opinion, was this. And it's, it comes down to in athletic competition, man, your best ability sometimes is your availability. And unlike the NBA where the Philadelphia 76ers can be patient with Joel Embiid for two, three years, right? In the NFL, you, they just the, your windows to get things done are so tight. I don't think that there's a – he has not played meaningful football since 2019. He has not – it is 2023, and he played a monsoon game this past season, and then he got hurt in the next game. He has not played a meaningful game of football in, in any consistent form since his redshirt sophomore season at North Dakota State. For me, sitting back watching this situation, I have never been anti-Lance. I was actually quite pro-Lance going into the season. But at some point, I, I think that as fantasy analyst, right, and it doesn't always work out this way, but the reality of things that are happening in front of your face you can't ignore it, and it doesn't mean you have to like Brock, but how do you, if you have 10 lances, how do you say, okay, if I'm wrong, how do I make sure I don't take max loss, right? When I'm in the market, 
and I make a bet and I'm maybe that game stop is going to go up and it's, I got a stop loss. I'm just like, at this point, if it, if these things happen, I need to get out. This is my stop loss. I think there were multiple opportunities for people to stop loss on Trey Lance. And instead you doubled down and where you sit today, I don't know because I truly think the 49ers feel that they can win with Brock Purdy. They could win with they, their fucking quarterbacks over the last three years, all, all of them, top 25 in EPA per dropback, not Dak Prescott, not this quarter. It's, it's these 49ers quarterbacks. So I think the bigger question is, you know, when you see these things, like when is it like, okay, it's time to, like Mac Jones is a perfect example. You can like him all you want. But man, if you're holding on to those shares, I'd be absolutely terrified. I'd be terrified. They have already replaced them once, rolling in Bailey's. It just, when these things happen, I just feel like we have to, we have to pay attention. We can't ignore it. You could still like the player, but damn it, I'm trying to win. And you're not, this is, this is an asset. I don't care how you slice it. Your asshole is puckered tight because you just know that any moment, any moment, this thing could crater. And I'm just, I'm dead. And you, it's, it's, it's turning into Will Levis, but with more optimism behind him because people do want Lance to be good. I think people, I th- and I think that hope, and I always say hope is the biggest killer of all dynasty teams. At some point, I can't hope anymore, man. Like I just, and I am not pro, I'm not pro Purdy. Who the hell was talking about him coming in? I didn't even know he was on the roster, right? But when I see that they're winning games and George Kittle and these players are all around him, I just, it's hard to pull that off of the field without him losing. It'd be one thing if he went in there and failed, but without him actually truly failing and them coming out saying that had we had him, we would have won, he's going to get a crack, man. I don't know what you do with Lance. I really don't. I mean, you hold him because you're not getting shit for him. So I don't know, man. You know, let me let me speak to this same thing in a in a in a topic that I think right now when you're in startups, like a lot of a lot of startup conversations happening right now, and it's a dead period. Like this is the topic, and the reason that people are in startups is they want to have something to do during this. And l- l- let's talk about it because I think the reality is Trey Lance. Let's talk about like uh, Ray. You're talking about what basically sunk cost fallacy for people. They they don't want to get off of their two o three you know, 201, 112 in a startup a year or two ago, right? Or they took them really high in rookie drafts and they've been holding on to hope. And you didn't get out at points, which gave you, even though you didn't get what you drafted him as, you could get value out, you know, as it's tearing down. Third round, fourth round startup value, fifth round. Now we're looking at basically, if you get out, you find a truther, or if you if you can't find a truther, you're probably stuck with Trey Lance and you just have to see what happens. And when you think about a second round startup pick, that is a that is a massive fall, and that's actually what can totally crush a dynasty team. So when we think about startups right now, I I just want to caution people, especially on trade ups, because th- this this is a common theme that I've seen and I've done myself wrongly, especially in the rookie class, right? So when you see like maybe a quarterback run happening, or you're in a rookie draft and you take a you know Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud type player this year. Listen, th- those two particularly were traded up, uh, you know, they, they were drafted one and two, you know, and we've seen 
the Texans trade up for three. Like they've given themselves no outs with CJ Stroud, but we're all convinced that they're totally in on them. When you trade for an asset like that, that we haven't seen perform on the field. Now, granted, it's a different situation than Trey Lance because Trey Lance had the COVID year and hadn't played much in college and all that. But you don't know what you have. You have this kind of mystery box and you don't really know what's going to happen. And you can say to yourself in two years, this is going to be an elite asset. But we're looking at so many things can change in Dynasty. And I think that's one of the things that I'll caution people on is when you leverage future assets for something that's not a sure thing. And to Ray's point with availability, we have so many quarterbacks in the top tier which are elite assets, which we know perform. Like they have points per game edge. But but Adam, people are doing the same thing now. That's and I love them. Yes. Yeah. I, I love them. I keep saying one on one, but people are doing it with a rich now, you know, taking He's, it. I mean, right. That, that, I don't I'm not saying and, and I, I don't want my words to be misconstrued for not having conviction on the player, mm-hmm. but a surefire way to wreck your startup, especially if it's a snake. Uh, it, it's it's going like rookie rookie doing stuff like that, you know, and a lot of people back in 2021 and you are 100 percent right, Mike, it was. I mean, Trey Lance was a second-round startup pick. I mean, you you were getting him at the 201, 202, and you were stoked, right? I got Fields and Lance. I, I went young stud upside quarterback. And, I mean, hell, he might be. He he may be able to, but is he going to get the opportunity to? And I just I don't think that he nor Mac will get a fair shot again there. Like, I just don't. Just like I don't think Zach Wilson will ever get a fair shot in New York. Like, I just don't. And what, I mean, how long are we waiting? Like, what are we, at what point is it just like, okay. And the reality is, man, we're living and operating in this small moment of time. We're living and operating in 2021 and 2023, right? Where literally in that two-year time period, what, 10 quarterbacks went in the first round. But in the course of football, man, beyond 2021 there's think about all the damn quarterbacks that were drafted round one that just fizzled out that just went away like he could just be one of those guys right they they could just be think about all the guys man over the last five years seven years the jake lockers of the world that people don't even remember were this a christian ponder and ej manual top 15 pick is this is not an uncommon thing for a team to spend a high pick and a lot of capital on a player that just busts. And sometimes it's not even like the player went out there and stunk it up. They they just never got a fair shake where they were. They just ne- that is that has happened time and time again in sport. For what couldn't stay healthy by the time they got healthy, they had already drafted a replacement. You know, I, I guess the question is to to y'all. You like when do you when if you could go back. If you could go back, would you, and, and it's easy to say yes, knowing what I know now, but what's the takeaway? What have you learned? What, what, what can we give people to take away to think about? Whether, I don't want them to agree with me. I, all I ask people to do is think. And my thought this entire process from the time Purdy took over is what if, what, I remember putting a poll out. I was like, who's going to play next year? Is it Purdy, Lance? Tom Brady or other, and Brock Purdy was all the way at the bottom. Nobody. There's no way they go in 
And I think at that moment of no way, that was a moment for me to be like, okay, I can acquire some of these for dirt cheap. People selling them for thirds. Let me go ahead. Because I'm like, look at what he did. Why would they take him off? Why? Why would they take him off the field without failing? I, what, what is the takeaway for people from this, in y'all's opinion? So this one is, is tough, too, because you asked, like, were there points that you could sell? Yeah, we can look back at it now and go like, yeah, you should sell them here. But this is also kind of the analogy when you say if you if you throw a frog into a boiling pot of water, he's just going to hop out. If you throw the frog into the water and slowly bring the heat up, eventually he's just going to boil to death. Right? So we are sitting here with our Trey Lance shares boiling to death if you've been the staunch defender on him at this point. This is where you're at, right? And at the, this point, it's too late to get out of the pot. Right. There was never that moment when you go, damn, this water's real hot right now. I should probably get out. It's been a slow, a slow burn to there because he has his rookie year, doesn't play a whole lot, just kind of spot duty. He goes into the second year. He's a starting quarterback, right? They, they, they said locker room guy that we love that has taken us to a Super Bowl. Sit your ass on the bench. This is Trey Lance's team. We spent too much, uh, too much draft capital. We have too much invested in this guy. And he goes out. And like you said, Ray, he has the week one. It's a monsoon game. And I specifically remember Adam and I going like doing the recap show that night going, yeah, what are you taking away from this game? And I said, nothing like not for fields, not for Lance. It's a damn monsoon. You're not going to see another game like this for the rest of the year. I can't take any fantasy tanks away from it. We go into the next week still looking like, all right, what's Trey Lance look like, you know, when it's not a, a hurricane out and uh, snaps his ankle. And you go, shit, <laughs> like, we, we, we ain't going to get to see it. All right, so now we're thinking that it's just going to be the Jimmy G show for the rest of the year. We know what Jimmy G is. The 49ers knew what Jimmy G is. They've seen him for long enough. I don't care what George Kittle says about him or how many T-shirts he has with his face on it. They knew he wasn't the guy. You you did the show the other day. Are you are you a, are you a truck or a trailer? They knew Jimmy G's a trailer. Like you're not going to win because of him, but all he needs to do is just not make you lose because of him and you'll be fine. And they knew that. You figure they're just going to ride him out, but then of course Jimmy G does Jimmy G things, gets hurt. He's got bad ankles. Apparently it's contagious in the quarterback room. So this kid that I absolutely hate because he played at Iowa State and I've had to watch him, this cocky kid comes in and he plays well. And I go, yes, I've seen Jimmy G play well in the system. Jimmy G's not a good quarterback. Brock Purdy, therefore, probably not a good quarterback. He's not doing anything special. The most convoluted part is if if Brock Purdy goes – and he plays well in the NFC Championship game against Philadelphia, and it's a competitive game, and he doesn't suffer himself an injury, which is one of the most probably devastating injuries that you can have for a guy who makes his living using his elbow every single time, which we honestly don't know if he can come back from or to what degree he would come back from. This is the thing that makes a Trey Lance deal like a one-off, and it's why it's a slow burn because there's been so many moments where you go, okay, now when I sit here, I go, yes, I probably should have gotten off at this point. But then something else happens where it goes, it brings me back in, right? 
Brock Purdy tears his elbow up and you go, yeah, man, that's a, this dude's heading for a Tommy John surgery on his throwing arm, not his off one, but his throwing. That's kind of a big deal for a guy who plays quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) This seems like a big deal. Trey Lance has got a shot. He's back in again, but then you get through all of this progression and it's, you bring in Sam Darnold and you go, well, shit, that should probably tell you something about how they feel about Trey Lance. If they're going to sign Sam Darnold, like Schefter said today, on day one of free agency, immediately. Now you got reports of Brock Purdy being ahead of schedule in his recovery, but we still don't know what that timeline is going to look like. And this whole time we're sitting here and we're going, we've never even seen this damn kid play. Like the 49ers felt good about him with their scouting department to draft him at number three overall. Like, like think about that. How many third overall picks? And, and this is credit to Luke Sawhook, which is crazy when me and Sawhook are agreeing on stuff like it is. <laughs> like, I respect everything that he's built. That kid is a monster, but it's I, we are very different on opinions on a lot of things. When he's like, how many situations where the number three overall pick has only played three and a half games and we're going to write him off already? Like, like very few. Ray, we talked about this with the number two overall pick last year in Zach Wilson. And think about all the games Zach Wilson got to play before we finally decided that, hey, he sucks. <laughs> like, hey, he sucks. He got a lot of games under his belt. Trey Lance has got three and a half, four, how many ever you want to say it. So I don't think, to be completely honest, right, like actionable advice for the listener, I don't think there really is a way to be able to avoid this kind of situation. Like you, you brought up the Mac Jones thing and Mac Jones is different because the capital, but you spent on Mac Jones one, when he was a rookie was, you know, a late first rounder at best an early second round pick in some leagues. Even when Mac Jones had a good rookie year, like his peak is probably like QB 15, 16 in dynasty startups. I know Adam and I were fighting about this. Like what's Mac Jones's ceiling, the capital you spent on him is much different than a guy who was a first round startup pick or an early second round startup pick. Like that is devastating to your team. If I miss on my sixth or seventh round startup pick, like I expect to have some misses on those guys where they just go to zero and they're not really worth anything anymore. The Trey Lance one is what makes it so interesting because it's an elite asset that people had had propped up so much and it's taken so long to get here. I don't know if we have a way to get out of it truthfully outside of the old standby. Like this is why I love to do trading within tiers. Like why I do my ranks within tiers and why, when we talk about tearing down, you de-risk yourself from this kind of thing. Like I can love Trey Lance to death, but let's just say I'll substitute Trey Lance with another quarterback that I love that people still like. There's some issues with Justin Fields. There's no doubt in my mind Justin Fields is a top 10 quarterback in dynasty football. ADP-wise, even if you find a Justin Fields hater, he's still going to be right around there. But if you have this hint about Justin Fields not being good this year, and you can find that person who's got Dak Prescott way too low. Like, Dak Prescott sucks. Look how many interceptions he throws. And they're willing to give you Dak Prescott in a second-round pick. You take that 10 out of 10 times. Heaven forbid it's a first-round pick. Or if somebody values you know, Justin Fields so much more than they value a Deshaun Watson, and you can get any kind of plus. That's a same-tier trade where you just go, man, all Watson has to do is be equal to 
or better than Justin Fields, and I got a free third-round pick, or I got a free toss-in running back, or this second-string tight end that's super athletic that you know I'm going to take a shot on and see if it does. That's how you continually de-risk yourself in the dynasty landscape, and I think that's probably the only way you get out of a Trey Lance situation because there wasn't always that one thing where you go, yep, got to sell now, got to get out right now. I think there was a little tiny hints, and the only way to really do it is just by de-risking yourself with a teardown or knowing what your tiers are and trading within them. And anytime you trade within a, a tier, for me personally, you give me any plus, I'll do it immediately. No questions asked. Yeah, man, I think, honestly, you know, the more I'm listening to you guys talk about this and the more I'm thinking about it, this, I think, is where there's in portfolios especially, there's two things. The, the process, right? Because if you get too in on any one player, there's just risk that you don't see. I don't care really who it is. I, I mean, outside of, let, let's call it the BAM tiers, right? That we know we've seen be available and we've seen be elite. Once you get outside of that, you can have as much conviction on a player. And, and Ray brought some great points about Jimmy G and Brock Purdy and their EPA per drop back. And the truth of the matter is when you see a, a quarterback like Trey Lance who gets to sit for a year and go into a system that's that friendly, that's part of what makes him so appealing, right? Okay, so I get why we're in and I get why you're in heavy. But then all of a sudden you get an unforeseen injury where he's out for the season. And then you get a seventh round pick after Jimmy G also gets hurt that comes in and plays out of his mind. Like that, that's a hard situation to navigate, but at least Mike on the, in the process, this should show you to get over your skis on any one player, understand there's risk. And also to the, to the bottom degree, like we were writing off Jordan love last year, Jordan love, you got as a throw in and rebuilds all over the place. Like right now you could cash for profit and tremendous value. Like if you don't want to hold out for the rest of it. Right. And I think in a process play in a portfolio, if I have a bunch of Lance exposure and I have an injury, like you may still believe that he's going to be really great in the San Fran offense. But what if you could have got out just on injury last year and you're going to say it's a loss probably, but in process, you're going to get out at, let's say 75, 80% on the dollar, man. Like you hate to take those. It's kind of like a kick in the teeth, mm -hmm. but in a process, you got 10 shares, you got eight shares. I'm out at 75%. Now, granted, this situation could go totally different. Let's say Jimmy G plays the whole time, and if that happens, you're looking at now Trey Lance is going to get the job next year, right? They're going to let Jimmy G walk because they already kind of let you know that. But you can't foresee the, the Brock Purdy thing and this whole situation happening to the point of in a portfolio, let's say you trade three or four of those shares for 75% loss, and Trey Lance does come back and Jimmy G plays the whole year. Okay, like I lost a little bit, but my portfolio is a little more balanced. Because now in a situation like this, you are t you're, you're taking 10 shares in the teeth because you had conviction on one player. I think in a portfolio especially, it's a learning experience for me on just player evaluation and not being too in on a player, even when I'm way over the moon on Trey Lance. So like th th that's one thing for me that I wanted to make sure that uh, we can take as actionable advice. It's not – you can't predict what happened in San Fran, to Mike's point. It's so – outside of the realm of possibilities that we can create in our mind, but that's going to happen in fantasy football. It's going to happen on the NFL football field. So my takeaway is just in a portfolio, especially 
de-risking yourself, even if it feels gross. But Ray, I'm I'm curious, uh, your your thoughts after Mike's breakdown too. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to belabor the point. I, I do think that um, you know, for me and just I've spent a lot of time. I mean, I've been I've been doing this, man. This is like year five of creating content. Um, year four, like as destination Debbie. Um, and of lately, man, I, I've really just been I've been focused on the game, just watching football, listening to football, just really paying attention to the game. And, you know, in, in one hand, I, I get why we were enthusiastic and excited. But on the other hand, I look at just from a basic football standpoint, like what has Trey Lance done to give us any so, sort of confidence that he is good, right? It's it's us that are hoping and if he gets this and if he gets that and he's only played this much. The last thing I'll say on this topic is sometimes it's not what people are saying. It's what they're not saying. And I have not one time felt like Kyle Shanahan, A, wanted to draft him, and I said it on draft night. I said, I don't believe they made that trade for Trey Lance at that moment. I believe that they wanted Mac Jones, and that probably wouldn't have been a good pick either. But I've been pretty on par with just saying that from day one. And even when Purdy got hurt, what I would have loved for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to say is, we appreciate everything that Brock did, and we're, we, we can't wait for him to get ready and get back to training camp. But we drafted Trey Lance, number three overall, for a reason. And we got full faith in him to carry this team forward. And then when they started OTAs, we're so excited to see Trey and his growth. And we're ready to move forward with him as our starting quarterback. We can't wait to get Brock back to compete with, with Trey. At no point in time have we heard that from anybody inside of San Francisco. And for me, when those red flags are going off at that position from a player who has not played in the NFL on a team that's ready to win with a quarterback that did win, I line all those things up and nothing at the end of that equation says this is positive. Whether how far you want to go and take that, whether that's get out, sell, bail, he sucks. I'm not saying any of those things. The only thing that I'm saying is, in my opinion, it was pretty clear that that what San Francisco was not saying was more telling than what they were doing. And that is, and I agree with you, Mike, that is not a common, it's not a common thing. But when you see it and you and the team is tell like some teams flat out tell you, man, they're telling you that this is this is they're going to make a change, right? They are right. they are telling you without saying it, that we're going to make a change. When those things happen, you've got, you, 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 you have to, you cannot ignore it. I, I don't, I don't have the, the, the formula to tell you, this is what you have to do every time. All I'll say is don't ignore those warning signs. However you proceed after that is, is, is your prerogative, but don't, don't put the blinders on and just say, nope, they traded the picks. Nope. He's, he's, he, he can run. Nope, nope, nope. You got to kind of, my big thing is Peter Howard said to me a long time ago, man, I'm trying to take in as much information to paint the most complete picture possible. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with that. Right. It is, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Here's the thing. If, if they win, Shanahan will get the praise, but if they lose, I think he should get the blame. You traded that capital and you rolled with this guy and you wasted Debo Samuel in his contract and you wasted Christian McCaffrey 
and you didn't have a plan and this was a cluster fire. So it's going to be fascinating. This is, um, in my opinion, one of the bigger storylines because to your point, Mike, who knows how good his damn elbow is? Like no one's seen him do anything. Like who knows? This dude, I mean, it may be cooked. His elbow may legitimately be cooked. Then what? Now it's not a win for Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. Like now who's the one? No one wins. Like what happens then? So it's crazy, man. I think uh, you're just talking about it, right? Like listen to the team. I think for me personally, this is just my experience. I got so burned by Ron Rivera and his bullshit coach speak last year when we're talking about it. Like Brian Gibson or Brian Robinson's going to be the guy, right? And everybody kind of buys into it. And then you find out. Brian Robinson is just kind of a plotter like we we knew, right? And Antonio Gibson is still involved, and he's still doing the passing work, and he's by far the most explosive and efficient running back on that team. Now, was it a win for me with my Antonio Gibson love? Not really. He still lost a shit ton of value because he's a running back and everybody hates him. But coach speak has always been a hard one to get through. Like, who actually tells you what they're going to do? And in this case, Ray, you're a thousand percent right. Like, they have been very transparent and never really said anything real nice about Trey Lance. Like, nothing ever comes out where it's like, man, we can't wait for him to get back. We're excited to see what he can do leading our offense. Anything like that. For a guy that you spent that much draft capital on to not even say um, the minimal amount of coach speak like nice words is pretty telling. Just something. Un- just something. Right. I mean, Mike, I, and I'm not asking for a full – like just it would have been nice to see them like legitimately like th- like give Brock his flowers. Like we wouldn't yes. have made it this far without Brock, and we want – he's a 49er. He's going to compete, and we want him here. Give Comma. him the Taylor the Taylor Heineke treatment, right? Yes. Like we appreciate the playoff. You almost beat Tom Brady. Good job. Uh, back to the bench you go. Say that. And, and they couldn't even – I just – to me, it's just – and it was frustrating. Like, just say that. When Burrow tore his knee up, the Bengals didn't go out. No, we don't know. It was Joe Burrow's their guy. He'll be healthy, and he'll be under center for us week one next year. Like, why would you not say that about the guy, to your point, Mike, that you awarded the starting job going into that season? And all I'll say is the game is one day. That's the, that's the byproduct of everything else that's happened during the week. They, they get to see what's happening behind the scenes. So we may have only seen four games, but they've probably seen a lot of what they either needed to see or have not seen in order to make the moves that they've made. And that ain't coach speak. That's following the money and what they're doing as far as personnel and, and how they're adjusting and bringing stuff in, you know? Yeah, that one's this. This is a very weird situation, too. Adam, you touched on a little bit of thing there about the Jordan Love thing. And yes, I do think with like Trey Lance, you could sell him right now and you could probably get a first. Maybe you might get an early second. You might get an early second and a throw in. Before this news, you might have gotten a first. I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know. The the way the dynasty works, especially with the downtrending asset, and you get yeah. this type of a news uh, drop in a moment where there's nothing else to cover, right? Like, this wasn't dropped during the draft where there's a million other things to talk about. There's there's nothing to talk right. about. This this wasn't This might this kill a first yeah. even, you know? Right. Not saying which you is can't, also, but it's it's which is also too like this is why I, I question it too because when I when I kick it off like this is a guy who's saying things like I believe and you know it it is going to absolutely affect his market right I've already seen it on Twitter 
Like you, you've already seen it all over the place. It's going to affect his market. Does it actually affect anything to do with his chances at being the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers week one of this year? No. No, it doesn't. It's one reporter's opinion on what he believes. This isn't Shanahan coming out and going, yeah, Trey Lance is our number three. Brock's our one, but right now Sam Darnold's is our number two. And, uh, you know, we're just kind of stuck here. We, I, we haven't got any calls on Trey Lance. We're not trading him. Whatever the case may be. Okay? Yeah, I don't disagree. That I'm just saying for the way that people react to news in this time of year. That, that's fair. I'm just saying, though, like, we are in this uh, this panic, I guess, like this state of dynasty panic. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you're waited till right now to sell, what's the point? What's the point in getting well, out you, right you, now? you wouldn't be smart to sell now if you've waited this long because – Unless you find the truth of it, will give you a first. But the reality too is that sometimes the downward spiral is the community speaking, right? Regardless of what the truth is, because we don't really know. But when they're te- when, when you see ADP reflective of what's happening with him, which is down in a week, down in two weeks, down in a month. Go back and look at all the ADP data, and you'll see that he is going later and later and later. And then you get new this news cycle. People aren't really willing to take on Trey Lance for liquid assets at this point. But how long? All right, so let me let me ask you guys: like, how long does it have to be on a downward trend before you're ready to pull the trigger? Because this is a great question. Let me just preface this by saying: like, I've seen this. It, it, we're sticking with the quarterback position too, which in dynasty superflex leagues, twelve team or better, is the period most period important period position period. That's it. But we have seen this. Remember, Trevor Lawrence with Urban Meyer yep. was full on panic mode, yep. and he barely recovered, barely recovered with Dougie P coming in. Okay, last year, J- Justin Fields. First month, first month Sell for of the Mac season. Jones. Sell for Mac, straight up. Get rid of him, right? This guy, uh, keep trade cut is not the Bible, but this guy went from QB 13, which is borderline where Trey Lance was going in the summer, right? It was <laughs> Trey Lance early in the second round of a startup. It was Justin Fields not too long after him. He went from that to QB 21, right? Just a damn plummet straight down. And then look what happens. Now we got him, and I'm sitting here going, yeah, he's pretty easily QB8 in Dynasty. QB9, if you want to have that argument. QB10, if you've got A. Rich and Watson ahead of him. I got Daniel, Jones. A- I got Daniel Jones for a second this season. Daniel Jones, after after a month of the season, got him for a second. In I a believe that, too. In we, a 14 we, team oh, league. What? Oh, my goodness. 14. <laughs> we, oh, my god. Well, well, to Mike's Rich. point, and I want you to keep going, Mike. It's just Daniel Jones. He sucks anyway. He sucked the past right. two years. He sucks. So, yep. Well, even even with the positive, nope. I'm I'm out on out for a second. So, I get your point. Like, is there a point where my, the the answer to that question for me, Mike, is if Brock Purdy is the starter week one, right? And if Sam Dart, let's ju- just Trey Lance is inactive week one. It's oh, Darnold shit. and Purdy, right? It's over. It's over. Here's here's the thing. For me, and that's worst case scenario, but even if Brock starts, as long as he's in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, there's not a point in which I want him. And it, it, because I don't think they'll trade him, so he'll, they'll bury him on the team and he'll sit there behind whomever's there. 
And at that point in Dynasty, like the likelihood that he is going to go to a new team in year four, year five, and just win that team, it just it feels like he may be one of those cats that just don't get a shot until much later when you think he's forgotten about. And six years from now, when we're gushing about Drew Alar, all of a sudden Trey Lance wins the starting job somewhere, just like a Geno Smith this year. Like I, as long as I just, I call him Kyle shenanigans for a reason. A lot of this isn't on just Lance. I think he's Kyle shenanigans. And as long as he's there, I'm going to have a lot of reservation and hesitation on buying in. I just think that for whatever reason, why is your fucking head coach not come out to support your young quarterback, man? And not not a not a not a Desmond Ritter type. I hear Arthur Smith say more nice things about Desmond Ritter than I've heard Kyle Shanahan <laughs> say about. That's horrible, ain't it? That than is horrible. He, he better yeah, when mean, they don't draft a quarterback in the last three drafts in the top ten. And and I'm not trying to. But if you just ask yourself, like, why is this? You know what I mean? Like, John Lynch and them praised Brock Purdy. They praised him during those NFL honors. Like, we can't, we, this team is great. Why would they not say these things about the guy they spent two first round picks to trade up to get? Why would you not? Why? It's like, is it just the athlete? Like, that is frustrating to me. And to me, that is, it's just very, very telling that. If they have to throw them out there, sure. But if they if they have another option and a way out, then they'll. It's this is from a dynasty perspective. I I don't think it follows really the laws of dynasty. I think this is one where, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a it's a it's an unfortunate situation. And y'all are talking about first form. I'm in a five hundred dollar super flex league where quarterback scoring Scott Connor juiced it up to where they are like double every other asset. Desmond Ritter in a third, decline. Will Levis in a second, decline. Trey Lance wow. isn't my guy. Ascot, decline. No, I, I believe it. Ritter. That's what I was saying. I don't think the first mean, was happening. I do believe it, but that's... Mike, my, wow. and this is, this is QBs matter more than any... I mean, the right. scoring is ridiculous. I mean, to the point where we changed it because it's like way too much. Can't get... When I say nothing... Ritter, I, I tried. Levis, Sam Howe, Purdy, Kenny Pickett. You think of the Krusties, and it's like, I'm not a Lance guy. I'm not a – and they don't give me any other analysis besides I'm not a Lance guy. I don't want Lance. I don't want Lance. It's tough it's, out here, man. It's wild to think. And that's like what I'm touching on, man. It, it's so hard to think about because I could give you quarterback after quarterback. You said the Daniel Jones thing. Tua Tungavailoa is let, – let's think about it. This time last year, people still hated Tua. Tua went out and had like 47 concussions, but the fact he had an elite season, he's more valuable today than he was at this time last year after he had a billion concussions. Right? Like, like that's, that's the crazy thing because what? We saw him put fantasy points up. We saw him go out and do it. People are willing to mitigate that risk because we've seen him when he's healthy be a very good quarterback in this league. But the Trevor Lawrence thing, the Justin Fields thing, you you talked about Daniel Jones. People people at this time last year are, are talking their nonsense about Tyrod Taylor is probably going to be the starting quarterback at some point this year for Daniel Jones. I just don't know how you manage this from a de- – like, do you just take your lumps? You're going to win some, you're going to lose some? 
Or at some point, is it even worth getting out? Because it's not worth getting out right now. There is no. nobody. There is nobody. And I, I mean, period. Nobody, period. Around the ADP that you're going to spend or the draft capital you're going to spend on Trey Lance that has that high of a ceiling. Nobody. There is nobody. You want to talk boom or bust, and when you're talking about your sixth or your seventh round startup, or if you're in an auction, like I'm going to spend 50 bucks on Trey Lance in this auction startup, <clears throat> there is nobody you're going to spend $50 on a $1,000 budget in an auction startup that's going to have the higher ceiling than what Trey Lance offers. Same goes for his ADP if you spend a sixth or a seventh round startup. There's nobody there. There are some good ones. But there's nobody you're going to talk about that could legit be in the conversation as, hey, right after, you know, Justin Herbert, the next quarterback off the board would be Trey Lance. It, it's going to be the answer is going to be Trey Lance. I'm giving you the answer to the test every single time. It's going to be Trey Lance. But the thing is, like, is there a moment? This is the big burning question. Is there a moment when you could have recognized is it like what you're talking about, Ray? Is it the coach speak? Because at the time you're talking about where Brock Purdy's playing well. I mean, there is a there's a moment where Trey Lance is still QB twelve or QB thirteen for everybody in Dynasty this year in the year 2023, February, right up until March. You can track it on Keep Trade Cut. There was still a moment where you might have been able to get out for two first. That yes. moment is long past now. Is is that the moment when you when okay. you heard that when you didn't hear anything? Like I'm trying to nail this down okay. because okay. there had let's, to be something. Let let's. It, it's funny. I just got on Twitter, and the first thing the algorithm heard is the Luke Sawhook. <laughs> They're listening. Literally, the first thing it was from four out four out. I can share my screen. It, I, I want you. Is can that I, AI? Share? Is that AI? Let me, let, me, let me share my screen. I'm, I've got to share. Let me make sure I share the right screen. Let me share. John I just want y'all to would be so pissed right well, now. Y'all see this, right? This is the top of my. This is the top of my tweet queue, right? It's Sawhook. That's you see that, right? Yep. Yes, it is. Oh my! It's, it's Sawhook, right? <laughs> and the tweet right underneath it is kind of what we're talking about. So, so Shaq, Brian Chikotis, love Brian says, I'll say this. No coach is trying to keep his best players off the field, and Brian is a former football coach. So while we might not know what Lance is yet, Shanahan has seen him daily in practice, and it says everything. Um, and it says everything that a good coach is seeing him on the field in meetings and through his actions, saying pretty much like what Brian is saying is right. like it's what we continue to talk about, man. And I, I think the moment. Uh oh, are y'all still there? Is Mike there? We're here. Oh, okay. I I think the moment is this, and God, this is going to pain me to say this, but if Anthony Richardson, knock on wood, right, or C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young go out there um, week one and get injured and they miss the season, right, and they don't play, and week two, or year two, they come back, they rehab, and they get in year two, and they get injured again, and they're going to miss the whole season. At some point, like, what are we, at some point, it's like, okay, you know, like, Trey Lance has not played for two years. And while he may not have the ceiling, like Mike said, he's right. No one may have that ceiling. 
but the opposite is also true that because he hasn't played in two years and because he was already a developmental guy coming in, the floor is through the fucking core of the earth. Like there is, there is no bottom to the ocean. I mean, it's down there with the, I mean, it's too soon. It's down there deep in the water. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, man. Go the, ahead, the, man. The, the, the floor is low. So with that being, Let's with that. Mike is dying laughing. Mike is with the too soon, too soon. The floor is incredibly low with Trey Lance. So uh, it's just, I saw somebody talking about dynasty in three to four year windows. And I think it's a year to year game. I think you have to have the foresight to think and plan ahead. But if you're not actively, assessing your situation year over year because i know some people who say this adam mike i'm gonna let my team i, I don't want to make any moves I'm, I'm gonna let my team develop and, and see what they can do this year like i'm like what yeah i just want to see them develop like like they're out there training them to score fantasy points right like i want to see if they'll be a little better like they're the coach year. of their right, their dynasty right. team. like if 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 you're not actively like truly managing and we always talk we talk so much about pre-draft construction and how to draft but the actual management of your roster if that ain't a intense process year to year you're doing it wrong and in year to year games at the quarterback position if i haven't even seen i've seen you do nothing like do like at least I've seen Deshaun Watson be great. I've, Man, this is a great. I, point, right? I, you know, I, I've held that bag for two years, and you know what? The Browns gave him a fully guaranteed contract, and I know for at least the next three years he is the starting quarterback in Cleveland, and they're going to do everything to surround him to be successful. I can wait on Watson. I can't wait on like I, what am I waiting for with Lance? I could have gotten out, drafted Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, or gotten a pick and gotten the Anthony Richardson. I just. We probably will not see this happen often, but if I think if there was a true pivot point, it was nothing about Brock. It was nothing about the coach. I think the real, after two years, I've seen nothing from you. Like, can I get out for a first and a second? If I can just re-roll at that point, has nothing to do with Brock Purdy. Like, just the, pro, I've seen you do jack shit for two years. Can I get out for a first and a second? Even if it's a mid to late first and a second, can I just pivot, right? Can I just re-roll and maybe throw the dart at whatever it is that I can get? I think that's better than really using Lance because that's more applicable to any position, right? You draft that receiver and they spend the first two years on injured reserve or LaVisca Chenault, they're in and out. Like at what point do you just say, you know what, dude, it's been a year and a half, I'm just out. Maybe that's the better way. Mike, you seem to be more on board with this line of thinking, right? And when you... Yes. When you look at warp and you see those flat zones, right? It's just like every year you don't play, you're just getting more and more. You're getting pushed down into that tier that's just all yeah. the same. So that maybe action. that, maybe maybe that's a better way to approach this with players. Is I'm willing to wait on the ones that I know. Like I can wait on a Watson. Josh Allen gets hurt this year, and heaven forbid he gets hurt the season after. It's going to pain me, but I'm not just looking to pivot off Josh. Like I'm like, when he comes back, he's probably going to be Josh Allen. Yes, Lance, CJ Stroud, A. Rich, they do jack shit for two years. Like, in a, in a, and I can still get a first and a second or a first and a Jordan Love. You know what? I love you. And, and if you're good, then I'll, I'll draft you in a startup some other time. 
That 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 I think honestly is the takeaway for the show. And the reason I say that is you can apply that. I'm going to do it to the quarterback position like you just did, right, with A-Rich, who, I mean, you got me in on A-Rich. I, I pumped him to the moon, and then I realized, like, we're probably at the moon already. Because the reason I say that, right, think about it this way, Dynasty Degenerates. So A-Rich now, which I was staunchly defending, still love him. He's going at 204 in startups. He's QB9. Now, now think about the Lance situation. Now, don't apply the specifics. Just think about the ups and the downs. And the reason I say that is if A-Rich hits all cylinders, yes, Jalen Hurts is in the cards. So you go from 204 to 104, 103. That is in the cards. But you're talking about realistically what we apply. You get, you know, the elite asset. But think about the opposite for a second. What if A-Rich either doesn't play or plays and is not good and gets hurt? What, whatever the situation is, the downfall for A-Rich, which we know nothing about, is nowhere near the 103. And I think that's the Trey Lance lesson. It's not about what you think of the player, the situation, or anything. This is a guy that we're drafting at the 203. And honestly, for myself, I'm thinking, man, that's such a great point, right? Because I'm drafting at 203, and I'm arguing with Mike. Like, yeah, he can be one of those guys, but I'm already paying 80% of that right now to draft him at 203 when he does not guarantee at all to go to the ceiling. But the floor, to Ray's point, it's below the core. With A-Rich, with Bryce Young, and we, we can go to receivers even still, but like – we like him, but JSN, we're drafting him very high. If Tyler Lockett and DK don't go away and he has a down year, he probably has value insulation, but it's not a guarantee that he stays in the range you're drafting him. And I think this time of year is the best way to talk about this because guess what you can do a lot of times? I know we'll have arguments, but A. Rich for J- Justin Fields has happened one for one. Hate Justin Fields all you want. He has, in a terrible situation, earned the 101, and the Bears said, nah, you know what? Like, opposite of fields. They're like, this is our guy. This is our guy, and we're not taking a quarterback. That's totally different than Trey Lance, right? Now, I'm not saying you have to take fields over a rich, but we have at least seen something from him. Now, you you can add a little plus from a rich to go get Lawrence or Lamar. That, that is a move that's very prudent right now, even if you love A-Rich, because the floor for those guys is nowhere near the floor of a Anthony Richardson, um, as much as I love him. And I think I think that's the takeaway. If you get a rookie that is getting to crazy territory like this, what is the tear-up option in June where everybody wants rookies? I think that's the biggest takeaway. I think that's a great point that Ray just made, so I appreciate him, him making that and bringing it together. Mike, what do you got, man? This uh, this kind of turned into the Trey Lance show, but it's been fine because it's also the bigger picture, right? And and I was just thinking about it while you're sitting there talking to it. Like Trey Lance to me also feels like a lot like if you bought into AMC and GameStop, right? Like you had that <laughs> moment to sell, and now if you didn't sell, like you're still holding it, right? You're still diamond handing it because you're like it has potential. <laughs> In reality, it probably ain't ever doing shit. Right. And Ray, I think you're right. Like if I haven't seen shit from you at the quarterback position for two years, whether you played horribly, 
you know, a lot of rookie quarterbacks are going to come out and they're not going to play very well their rookie year. We think every one of them is going to walk in and have a Justin Herbert year. And Adam and I have talked about this a billion times. That doesn't happen. There's a reason Justin Herbert had one of the best rookie years we've ever seen. It's because he was phenomenal. But you come out your second year, like say your first year was just piss poor. You come out your second year and we're like halfway through the year. We're three quarters of the way through the year. Yes. And you're still just putzing along. Yep. Like you should be looking to sell then, but you still have the offseason. This is the Trey Lance thing. You still have the offseason. What I talked about, like for this year, you know, up until like March, people still had him as a top 13 quarterback. People still, yep. me, this is me raising my hand, full guilty. I've been there for a while, but people still had it where it was mainstream, not just Mike on 40 chess had him there. This was mainstream, right? You still have an opportunity to go, yeah, I'm good, man. If if, if I if people rank him as QB 13 or 14 at that point, and you cash out for a first and a second, that's a deal that gets done 95% of the time. There's going to be some people out there who hate Trey Lance who would turn it down, but most people are going to look at it, and they're probably listening to a show like this, and they're listening to me glowingly talk about, y'all fools, if you're going to go sell Trey Lance for a first and a second. Like, you need more. You need more. You need more. There's going to be people out there where they go, damn, I can get Trey Lance for a first and a second. Mike told me this is a guy to bet on. I'm going to do it. And you can get out. And now we sit here in June, just three, four months later. And if Ray and I had made this deal, I'm the one buying Trey Lance for a first and a second, who's the one with fucking egg on their face? It's me. I'm the one sitting here going, oh, I'm worried. I'm worried about it. Ray's sitting here with his Jordan Addison and whoever the hell he took in the second round going, yeah, I feel all right about this. Like, I feel yeah, pretty good about yeah. it. So I think that's probably the biggest key for me is, is, yes, we've seen these quarterbacks dip and then rebound to elite heights. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones to an extent. But none of them were two years bad. None of them were two yeah. years. I'm not I'm not yeah. saying that Trey Lance was bad, but two years that we didn't see anything. We didn't weren't able anything. to make an evaluation from. We saw one bad year from Justin Fields. We saw one bad year from Trevor Lawrence. We saw people want to say it was two bad years from Tua Tungavailoa, but Adam and I, you and I debunked that when we looked at some of his advanced metrics and we're like, right. listen, this dude's accurate as hell. He just doesn't have an offensive line at all. He's got Jalen Waddell and the corpse of uh, Devontae Parker to throw the football to. Like, he, now he's getting Tyreek Hill. This makes sense in my mind. Trey Lance is a different breed, and I don't know how many times we're going to see it, but if this pops up ever again, Ray, I think you're 100% right, man. Two years, see you later. And it's, and Mike, and people need to, like, dynasty degenerates, understand. I'm not saying two years of mediocre play because me two years of mediocre play can get you a third, right? It can get you right. to your point, Mike, and get you into the third season, right? That's, I mean, say what you want. That's Mac Jones right now. He's going into his third season and he's Correct. the starting quarterback, right? Mitchell Trubisky went into his third season, two years of nothing. That's the pro to me. That's the problem. And what makes it special is he was already a developmental guy. He hadn't played football since 2019. And then we got, and then the guys that come in, they just keep, they keep just, we just keep rolling along. It's, 
And I think that's the, to me, I've learned that. And I think it's prudent and, and wise to just be mindful if it happens. And I know it's easy to talk about doing it now until next year when it's Drake May or it's somebody that you actually, you know, and I know people are like, dude, why would you even say, but I'm just, I'm saying it because this is when your process gets put to it's Caleb Williams, right? He's number one overall. Oh, he's better than Patrick Mahomes. He comes in, doesn't play a lick his rookie year, gets hurt second year, nothing like if he still has value going into year three, you know, and you can still get some first in it, it's probably like, dude, I've seen nothing from you in two years. I just, I'm out. Like, I'm just out, man. And to the Tua, to the people who said that about Tua, um, second in EPA per drop back last year, and over the last three years, he's only third behind Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah. <laughs> whoa. Pretty good at football. Whoa. Who knew? Yeah, not bad. So, I'll just, I'll say that. And that is, and that's two not different. A, two different offensive a, court, or two different offensive coaching staffs there. For that yeah, that's, like, and that's it. Ain't that's like Mike the, McDaniel been there for the last for the last three years. Okay? And that's not a fantasy stat. That's a like who's helping your team win football games, like actually contributing to your team scoring points. So to is per, per drop back, and he's pretty freaking good. And yeah, we just wrap his head in bubble wrap. We're gonna have it a lead <laughs> quarterback forever. Well, yes. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we hope. Let, let, let me say this because. Ray, I think the way you, you put that is key with um, quarterbacks that we may love, but then you see nothing out of them. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is is for, for Mike and Ray uh, and myself, it, the love thing is it's the opposite of this. And it's it's honestly, it's the outlier that tra- it's the opposite outlier of what Trey Lance was, right? Where like we like him sitting, but then all of a sudden when we don't see him doing it in second year, now we're worried. We're thinking he's going to get the job back, but then Purdy comes on the scene and totally disrupts everything. Jordan loves a guy that's had one start in three years. And now because Rodgers is gone, there's rising in his value. Now, granted, you know, most people probably got off the ship, but if you have his shares and you're looking at this seventh round talent and, you know, startups on the opposite lens, like obviously this is an outlier too, but I I just wanted to get your opinions quickly on this one. Not the same situation, but it's the opposite end of the spectrum. What 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 are we doing with Jordan Love at this point? Because it's it's the same thing, but it's the opposite end. Like we we are hoping we didn't see it, we've seen nothing, but now he is the clear guy, and I, I think it's the opposite end that we need to at least discuss on what to do with him and what's the best process. So for example, like. Jordan Love. What let's just say too, you think back last year, we had the Aaron Rodgers situation. There were some leagues where I'm getting the 112 for my Jordan Love shares that I had on my team. And that was the easiest cash out in the history of cashing out. Like, here you go. You enjoy him. This year, you're kind of right back there where it's like people give you a, a late first for Jordan Love, and I'm cool if I just cash out on it. Like that's I think it's the same kind of principle of Trey Lance, just in reverse, right? This is the inception version of Trey Lance. And this is what, like, this is the dream within the dream. And I'm okay, even right now. Hey, Jordan loves the starter. You give me a first, he's yours. You have fun. 
I've been writing this out for the last couple of years and eating shit. You take them off me for a first. And if I miss, if I miss, I always have the first. I always get the first. And you're the one that carries all the risk. If I miss, do you really think Jordan Love would have to come out and put up some all-time historic numbers? Like he has to have a phenomenal season for people to like elevate him into that tier where you go, damn, I wish I would have held on to Jordan Love. This is the thing with like Jalen Hurts. I apologize to Jalen Hurts for doubting him. But when I'm cashing out last year, before the season started, I'm cashing out at two first. Does it suck now? Because it probably takes four firsts to go get Jalen Hurts. Like it takes three first plus to go get Jalen Hurts. But I didn't miss that badly. I got two of them. Hell, one of them might be Anthony Richardson. And I'm in the ballpark at least. I take the, the Anthony Richardson pick I got. I take the extra first I got. Maybe I'm in the Jalen Hurts conversation. And if I'm not in the Jalen Hurts conversation, maybe I'm in the, the Joe Burrow conversation or the Justin Herbert conversation. Like at least I'm playing ball. So I think with Jordan Love, for me anyways, you can get out for a first, just move on with your life, say thank you, do it. Is there risk that he goes to a top 12 dynasty quarterback? Yeah. I'm not saying that he's without talent. I don't think it's probably likely, but at a first cost, here you go. You carry the risk. I'll take your first. Good luck to you. We'll see you next year. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Underdog. That's right. Destination Debbie is now partnered with Underdog. It's an incredible opportunity, and you know my affinity for best ball. How about getting in those contests and taking down some of these big tournaments, getting that best ball money. And right now, if you sign up with promo code 4DCHESS, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to the first $100. And the best part is Destination Debbie Discord will be free to you for a year. You will get access to all the strategy that we will be talking about as far as taking down some of these tournaments and the best ball tools that will come with it. What a perfect marriage. Destination Debbie, 4D Chess, Underdog, Best Ball, say less and sign me up. Now, back to the show. Yeah, Ray, I don't know. I don't disagree with you. Um, and the beauty of that is I, I have really, I have really, I mean, y'all, I've taken a lot of time to sit back and just, my new thing is I need to tell me the story, right? Tell me the story where Jordan loves a top 10 quarterback. What does that story look like? And when you start writing that story, it gets more ridiculous and more ridiculous. And then it's just like, this is, this is no way. This is, this is totally non-believable. I mean, he's got to be a 40, 4,000 plus yard passer. He, because he's not a rusher. So he's got to throw for 4,000 plus yards, probably close to 30 plus touchdowns. He's not going to run a lot, but like there's got like that story is incredibly difficult for me to tell myself. So, Going into Jordan Love, my expectation for what he is is already sort of like a mid-level QB2, right? So in my mind, 
my ceiling isn't QB eight. I'm like, I got a QB two. Like, hopefully he can be somebody that can backfill. I like, I, I skated through and I got a starting quarterback, right? Like, that's what I got. And if all I got is a starting quarterback and like, they're not really making a difference, like they're just kind of a starter, then I will sell for first. Yes. I don't think there's anything wrong with moving on from Jordan Love for first. Um, I do think that I, I am a little more, um, I think the difference between him and Lance, it's just one simple thing. It's the coach and the team have shown support in him. Whether he's good or not, I have no idea. But at least I know with a sh- without a shadow of a doubt, week one, he's starting. Right now, I flip a coin. I don't know if Lance is starting. I have no clue. He, he should. I mean, I literally was looking at some Mike, and a report in February said Purdy needed damn Tommy John surgery, and he's out for the year, and now he's going to be back week one. I, right. I don't know what's – I have no idea. I think that's the only difference between Love and Lance is I know for a fact that Love is going to start. But the story in which I have to tell myself that he's going to get to a level of a Jalen Hurts where I would would truly miss that, probably a hard story to tell, right? And even in your example of Hurts, at least you did get two first, right? Yeah, you'd probably rather have Jalen Hurts now, but you yes. got the two firsts. If Jordan Love becomes a, a quality mid-level starting quarterback, right? Yeah, okay, I'll miss having that replacement level player, but I got the first. So if you can get out for love for first, I think that is I think that is fine. And if you have him, I'm not taking anything less. He's a starting quarterback. And he's got some decent weapons around him. Um, so I don't I'm not taking it, I'm not accepting anything less. I, I love that. And I think um, you know, Mike and I talked about this about a week ago on Savage Semester, and I think honestly, Ray, the news story and the way you just talked about it to me is where I got to switch my tune where it's love over Lance. And the reason I say that is this Lance right now is an asset. I don't care what you think of him, what you thought of him. We're dealing with the now in market. Mike was talking about like, okay, maybe you can get a first for Lance. We, we all admit like if you can get a first for Lance right now, you probably should take it just because of what the market says and the fact that you can re-roll it into something else. We're talking about with Jordan love you shouldn't do anything but take a first. If it's not a first, you're not taking it. And I think the biggest thing is we know that he's going to be the starter in Green Bay. And a lot of times this time of year, you can utilize that piece to get to a quarterback conversation far north of what Jordan Love is. So, for example, the risk of what Jordan Love becomes, I don't have to deal with. right? I can get off of Jordan Love and add a plus to go get you know a Kirk Cousins, as gross as you think that sounds. Like... That gives you a secure starter for a couple seasons, especially if we're playing in shorter windows, which I want to do in Dynasty, right? Jordan Love is this upside, but to Ray's point, the story has to be incredible. Like the story has to be something that people have to tell their kids for years for Jordan Love to be something that means something. Where Trey Lance doesn't get you to the conversation any longer with a Kirk Cousins owner, with these other owners. And I think that's the biggest thing that, Ray, I got to switch my tune. I'm, I'm, I'm pro Jordan Love over Lance, and I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Can, can, I, can I ask y'all, who do y'all think is the most mispriced sort of, you look at keep trade cut, and you look at QB 11 through 19, and I'm just looking, and it's Deshaun Watson at 11, Kyle Stroud, Dak, Tua, Daniel Jones at 16, Love at 17, Pickett, Goff. Like, of those guys, when you look at this list, 
And like, which one of these guys are you like, how on earth is this player this low? Or how, like, who is that as you look at this list? Because th th this is, y'all, we're, we're running into, we're running into this space at quarterback in Dynasty where next year, and, and let me, if you ask me right now in the 24 class, not who I like and not who I think and not this Michael Penix, Bo Nix, right now I think the both, everybody on the screen and everyone, every single person listening to the show could say unequivocally there's two first-round picks at quarterback at, at minimum. It's Caleb Williams and Drake May. Say Spare me anybody else. Those two right. quarterbacks will be valued as top 10 dynasty quarterbacks the moment Goodell says their name they will the they're already talking about caleb is top five they're already saying that drake may will be right up in there if bryce young is being valued as damn qb 10 drake may at six well, foot four 220 so my question is man like we're getting to a point where like there's 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 only so much room inside the top five top eight top 10 top 12 where's the value with with the Dax, the Tua's, the Daniel Joneses, the Purdy's, the where's it at? I mean, you get down here and Matthew Stafford is QB thirty one. You know, like I'm just this he's, is, he's almost off the page for me, and I got a big screen. He's scream. almost off the page. Right. I mean, this is just it's I I, I y'all. I'm I think, and I'm telling you, we're gonna look back on this in three years and be like, man. There were some big mistakes made during that period, that QB renaissance window where you could have just locked up these elite guys. I mean, y'all, you know, you, you get what I'm saying, right? No, like, I do. Ugh. I do. I get what you're saying. And I, I'll say to, to me, the easy one for me anyway, and, I, you know, it's not because I'm in Cleveland and a Browns homer, but Deshaun Watson is glaringly an outlier for me. And, and now, I think Dak is a close second. Okay, so, so Dak going into year 30 at quarterback 14, we, we've seen this guy be elite. Now, does he run as much as he has in the past? No. But this offense just added Brandon Cooks. This offense is still going to be very good. I think he is a quarterback one for sure. So the fact that he's quarterback 14, I think he's undervalued. And this time of the year is when you can maybe play up C.J. Strouds. To, to Ray's point, A. Rich we had to talk people into even believing. And then he got top five draft capital. He's quarterback nine, fellas. Dynasty Degenerates. Think about that for a second. Nobody believed at all in A. Rich because of the quarterback stats. Caleb Williams is quarterback five, six next year, barring something crazy. Easy. So, so to, to the point that you're making, right? Deshaun Watson, we've already seen being quarterback five and higher almost every season in warp when you go back and look with Houston whether it was the years with Watson or when he's not playing. Quarterback five. Now, there's been a lot of off-the-field issues, all this stuff, but he's still 27 years old. Yeah. Think about that in the quarterback scheme of things. Kirk Cousins is how old? 34? Deshaun Watson has years of football left, and if you can trade out of the rookies to get him, I understand the risk. I understand you don't love how he played in the final six games, but – Give give the rust a little bit of spare because we've seen him be elite to the point we're talking about with Lance, right? He is the glaring outlier for me because right now I, I see a world where he's very much in the conversation with that Fields, Jackson, T-Law, 
um, given his age and his ability to throw the football. I love T-Law. Deshaun Watson's better than Trevor Lawrence, but that's neither here nor there. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I want to hear Mark's take on this. Listen, I, I don't want to piggyback off of Adam, but uh, I went on the show with Ike and Gene, and I talked about uh, we cover the Cowboys, right? They talk about the Cowboys, and I said Dak <laughs> is a a massive value. Like, people hate Dak. I'm seeing him fall to the 211, 212 of super flex 12-team startups, which is stupid. I don't know how that happens. Dak is good. I know he threw a lot of interceptions. I don't give a shit. It was CeeDee Lamb, and it was a bunch of nobodies at wide receiver. I've never thought Dalton Schultz was was actually a good tight end. He was just in a good situation, and that's no more uh, – I can't make the point any more clear than – Dalton Schultz in Houston, I give zero shits about. Like, I don't care, okay? I cared when he was in Dallas. I don't care when he's in Houston. So Dak is an incredible value. But, Adam, to your point, we have a 28-year-old quarterback. Not even 28. A 28-year-old quarterback. We'll just round up. Who, at one point, was a QB2 or QB3, no matter how much you look at scoring, who is going going at QB 11 right now. Correct. Let that sink in, man, because Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are both in that same category, right? Under the age of 28, right? Patrick Mahomes is almost 28. Josh Allen's 27. Hold that on. Can, can we talk about that for a second me. in age? Can <laughs> right. we talk about that for a second in age though, Mike? See, see, Joe, I think Joe, Joe Burrow be 27 at the start of the season. Damn there. Oh, so man. I mean, that's exactly the point. Shit. Exactly. Ray, for a second, just think about like narratives and age. I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned in dynasties. For example, Ray just brought it up. Watson's basically a, barely a year older than Burrow. Burrow's coming off of his best season and not saying he's not great. Not saying I don't want Burrow over Watson, but like Burrow doesn't have much to climb when we think about this. You know what's crazy about the, the Allen Watson thing? We're talking about like months of them being the same age. Right. And people like are and people forever. will let you go get Watson for the cost of CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. I mean, <laughs> I like those table. guys. I've yeah, I've been you, very high on them, but I'm the out on for, Watson. Come, come to the table asking for Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or Joe Burrow with your CJ Stroud or your Bryce Young, and look how quickly <laughs> people tell you to piss off. It, it's it, I think that that's one of the edges is playing that up this time of year i really do i think that's something i've learned i've been wrong on before like playing the u side too much and that is something in june especially when the news cycles are all about stories and youth and there's no I mean, real it, value isn't, isn't it so funny like everyone just assumes joe burrow's so young like i get that young stud i mean he'll he's 26 and a half he's he's gonna right. be 27 this year he's right there right. With, with him and josh allen will be the same age during the season they will both be 27 years old and it's like you know uh, yeah I, I just look at this and 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 think about what's coming into the nfl and if you just give me the quarterbacks after qb 24 on keep trade cut in best ball i can win you give me russell wilson aaron Rodgers, matt stafford and ryan Tannehill in best ball i'll win if you at, at cost at what it Man. costs me to get those guys i will smash you like at cost, especially in an auction when those guys are going I, through. I hate, I hate that this know? is um, 
during the heroes and villains uh <laughs> you often. deserve it because because here's the thing I, my, my whole plan has been basically i want to get one of the elite ones and i i ended up getting stuck with lamar at a bigger price but then you can backfill because mike and i talked about this look at the quarterbacks that you can probably get for discount when everyone's out of money russell wilson Kirk cousins Derek carr Ryan Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, right? You can people, get these guys for cheap, man. Really people, cheap. People weren't even out of money, and they let Mac Jones go for fifty dollars to what Matt Bruning in that league. I saw 58. that. It's dumb. Uh, Thanks, it's dumb. Mike. It's, it's it's just you know it's <laughs> it's the cube. I just you know at some point you look at warp, you look at scoring, and. It, it it really you see the cliffs, man. You see the haves and the have-nots. You see the, the the areas where okay, I can take some shots here. And then if if I'm not within those ranges, man, I'm just and I feel like it's only gonna get worse because Caleb and Caleb and May and I know Mike, you're gonna you're gonna have a cow about it next draft season because they've done nothing to warrant it. But they're going to be valued as such. They are going to be yep. valued yep. higher than Lamar Jackson higher than Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson. People right now, you go offer Deshaun Watson for that Caleb Williams, and it's instant decline. Like, no way. Caleb. He's he's better than Mahomes. Like, I mean, and I think you're going to – I think this 24 class, I'm, I'm just I'm, – we're just talking, talking now. Like, if you really want some leverage and some edge, if you get a top four pick in 2024 – in a league where tight ends matter, start two tight end, two point per premium, you know, and you got the rights to May, Williams, Harrison, or Bowers. I mean, th- there it is. You're Speak about to it. Speak put, it. Your, put your process to the test because you're probably going to be able to, you want those three, four first plus, it will be on the table. It'll be yeah. on the table in 24. Man, you know what? We're, we're, we are talking, which is the great point, but. Like that that's a great wrap up of it, right? Where if you can utilize this pick that's a top four pick and you can go secure an asset that's safe, it's it's the Trey Lance thing all over, and it's not necessarily saying Caleb or Drake May is that. But think about the risk and what we don't know in a player versus what we do know in a player, and we're looking at this the cycle of when you can buy them at a not just reasonable, a discounted price because of what dynasty means in age. I, I honestly, I, I love the finish of this show, man, because that, that is, that is so big. And, and, and I'll be honest, some of these teams where I've hoarded picks, that's what I've done. It's not about taking the whole 23 class. Like that would actually be bad for me. Right now, granted, I, if you make me do it, I have no choice, but what I want to do is leverage those picks into secure elite assets at the right spots. And I think 24, because 23 was a little disappointing for people, offers this young elite upside that you can play into many of these uh, more proven but discounted players in Dynasty. I love it, man. Uh, yes, Ray, you, you're right. I'll probably be on full tilt about this time next year when inevitably – Caleb Williams is a top five startup pick after not doing anything in the NFL as of yet, going behind, you know, going ahead of Trevor Lawrence and 
Justin Fields, who had another elite season, and Anthony Richardson, who last year as a rookie actually got on the field and ran for 800 yards. Won't matter. Won't matter. Caleb's better than everybody. Yep, Caleb's better than everybody. And then Drake May, too, like just by by happenstance is getting pushed up. He's going at the 108. And, And me as the Drake May guy who's been on Drake May for a while as like, what Sam Howe was supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> I will also be the guy who's going, sell Drake May everywhere. <laughs> so, yes, you have predicted the future this time next year. When we have you on for it'll be like episode 125. I don't know what. I can't do math. Either way, it'll be, hey, you called it last year. Yes, Caleb Williams is going way too high. Drake May is going way too high. And, and then inevitably there'll be a third quarterback who goes in the first round who actually stinks. And people will push them up as well. <laughs> like, Don't tell Matt good. Broning it's Quinn Ewers. Oh no! Oh, no. It's Bo Nix. JJ <laughs> well, McCarthy gets that oh, first no. round capital. I know it won't be Cade McNamara, Iowa starting quarterback. I can say well, that for. I a did fact. hear. I did. Uh, there's. Iowa's got another freaking tight end. There's another one at oh, Iowa. Yeah. We got a lot. Yeah, of what's it, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Um, Which one do you want? The one that's coming from Michigan, or the one who was here last year? I think the one that was there last year, Luke Lachey. Which Luke is like, Lachey, yes. which is Nick. What coincidentally is actually related to Nick, Nick Lachey. Lachey? I was going to ask that, and I was also <laughs> yes. going to ask Ray. Well, have you watched film on him? I have looked at some stuff, and he's actually pretty athletic. Is he really? I mean, what they, they say he's pretty legit. They say he's pretty legit now that he's going to be in that full-time. And I don't know Iowa's depth chart, but from what I was reading is he's the next one. All right, Nick Nick Lachey, everybody. Uh, Y'all got Eric Hall, too? Y'all got Eric Hall, too? Eric Hall transferred from Michigan. I didn't know Eric Hall came over. Okay, I didn't know. Eric Hall is probably going to start, to be honest. It's all I hope so because I've had high hopes for him for like three years, and he's done jack shit at Michigan for like two, three years. Here's your chance. Can you go to well, a better situation than Iowa for a tight end? Like, can it, you do yeah. it? The answer is no. Well, <laughs> we got if, you. if if you go to uh, Iowa and you're not drafted, you know, in the first two <laughs> rounds, uh, if Just you write see, off. see Sam Laporta almost a first round pick, prize isn't for you. And no, yeah, uh, Ray, it's been incredible having you on, man. This has been a great ride. Can't wait to meet up with you at the expo again, uh, all the Destination Debbie family. Uh, our buddy, I did find out Gene won't be there, uh, but he's got a good excuse. He's got a two-month-old baby, so yeah. he's he's not allowed to sneak sneak away at him. <laughs> he's, not, he's not allowed no, to go. No Christie's for Gene this year. <laughs> no Christie's for Gene, but Ike will be at Christie's. <laughs> I told Ike not to worry because uh, <laughs> this year's on South Harmon LLC. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ike will be there. I can't uh, wait. <laughs> appreciate it. Adam, take us out, buddy. L- listen, this was honestly um, one of those unplanned that was, you know, really good. We talked about Trey Lance. We talked about how crazy it was that he got to the value, but – when you when you when you think about the intricacies and and basically we get to the point of we're looking at where can we play up in the summer these youth pieces that whether it's they're rookies or they haven't done anything like Ray said in two years think about that and get to more secure assets that are devalued and just remember when your league mates are playing chess play forty chess that'll do it we'll see you back here same time same 
Same place. Man, I almost forgot that part. This is wild. This is how much talking we've been doing. Same time, same place next week for 40 Chess. Appreciate y'all. We're out of here. Peace. Peace.